What up, everybody? It's your main man, Spice Adams, and welcome to another edition of Off The Grid. This time I go to L.A. and I get a chance to have a conversation with my brother from another mother I'm talking about the multi-talented Mr. Atheon Crockett. Style, sure. Freestyle sure. on the profile in the meanwhile, my style is wild. You know, that's just fresh off the dome. It's nothing written. No, no, no. I, got, I get it. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Did you, you rap? You have albums? Yeah. Right? What made you want to rap? I mean, because seriously, <clears throat> like, let's keep it real. Like, you do, you're talented in a lot of things. Right. Like, Thanks, dancing, sir. rapping, stand-up comedian, actor, like, everything. Yeah, no, um, everything I do comes from hip-hop, so I really have hip-hop to thank for the the inspiration for us and, you know, who we are, who we were as kids. Mm -hmm. I think our parents had the Jacksons and the Silvers and all them groups back in the day, Earth, Wind & Fire and all of them. We had hip-hop, so it was such a new novelty that, you know... We had new, it was like superheroes out the ghetto. Yeah. Literally. Like you had Run DMC with the first hip hop rock stars, um, Grandmaster Melly Mel, even though I never wanted to dress like so, them. <laughs> so would it, would it be safe to say you're a historian of hip hop? I wouldn't say I'm a historian. I, I just lived it. Yeah. Like I'm not somebody who's like, like ultra studious and I go back and research and put dots together. That's like, Quest Love is like that. Right. He's a big music nerd yes. historian. Like he just loves every single detail in all genres. That's yes. just, you know, m much props to him. For me, I just go off of what I know because I lived it. Like I literally was there. I saw most of this stuff go down yeah. and unfold. So, so yeah. Oh, so it's just like it's in you. Like it's in your blood. Like I got you. 1000%. Like me and hip hop are a day apart. So, that's Birthdays true. literally a day apart. Speaking of that, what was it like <clears throat> to go to the birthplace of hip hop, dog? Like that's a lot of people can't say they did that. Nah, and, and for me it was like, and you was on the mic. Look, KRS One, <laughs> shout out to the Blastmaster KRS One. He looks at me mid show and holds up the microphone like, but yeah, like go ahead, like you. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Yo, it's crazy, but. When I thought about turning 50 mm. and how scary that could be for black people and, you know, we just don't, we, a lot of us have never seen 50, so we don't know how to react to that. Yeah. And, but the fact that me and hip hop turned 50 a day apart, it was symbolic. It became symbolic to me. Mm. So I was like, okay, how do I want to celebrate this moment in life? Do I want to do like most people do, where they'll have a whole black tie great gatsby themed type of party but that ain't really me like yeah you know what i'm saying so i was like on my actual birthday was when krs did the block party right there on sedgwick avenue so for me that was like oh okay i'll do my party stuff in la but i'm gonna fly to new york on my birthday yeah to the bronx and be out there with the originators with grandmaster Cass, cold crush brothers like it was crazy chaos one um uh uh, uh what's i think you had facetime me that day i think i did yeah because um, i couldn't make the party e love in LA. uh, ll's dude was like there's so many different people poor righteous teachers wise intelligent like i'm <laughs> running into so many just red alert 
Yeah, was like there. People we it was grew crazy. up listening to people. Yeah, our superheroes. Dang, dog, <clears throat> that's dope, bro. And so, and I was there with Charlie Mack of all people. Right, right, right. Charlie he, Mack is he's everywhere. Hip hop. He's hip hop historian because he literally First was there for out. sure. Yes. First out the limo. So crazy, <laughs> crazy times. Yeah. So, like, it, it's one thing to listen to it and live it, but you. Like really got out there on the cardboard boxes, spinning on your back. I'm sure, like, cause how else do you become a b boy? You know what I mean. So you like the ultimate. Like, how did you, like, in North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you grew up, like, and Germany, because I'm an army brat. So my dad was right. stationed in Germany. So we did. A, we got a lot of hip hop in Germany. I, I saw Run DMC in Germany. Wow. Run, Run DMC and Beastie Boys was my first concert, and that was in Germany. Did, so was Run DMC like the first tape you bought with your own money or like you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. I don't remember the first tape. It, it might have been a Run DMC tape. Mm. I don't remember the first tape because we used to get mixtapes all the time and everything was <laughs> was recorded. Yeah. So yeah, our cousins yeah. from New York would send us the mixtapes, the Ron G, early Ron G's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So all those mixtapes, Red Alert, the the. Was it WBLS? It was a bunch of like radio stations that would have their, you know, their mixes on the weekends or whatever. So they would send us these cause these cassette tapes. Yeah. That was dubbed over. So I don't remember what I actually purchased first. So how was Atheon Crockett as a student? Like, did you did you like school? Was it just like a place for you to just like like you had to go and like and you just had to like act like you liked it or I definitely had to act like I liked it <laughs> I, because being a military brat, you're a new student all the time. So school was actually very depressing for me. So you had to keep moving. I had to, to keep, man, to I went state. to 14 different schools. Really? 14. And not 14 different cities, but like when I would move to certain cities, we would have to stay either in temporary housing or like in some places where we may have had a relative. We'd have to stay with them until we qualified to get our own housing. Because military housing is free, but you have to qualify for it to get on a list. And if it's not available right away, you got to wait. What do you mean qualify? Um, qualify meaning um, based on availability more so. Okay. Um, because there's so many families that might be moving at the same time and not enough families moving out. There may be a shortage of those available homes that are there for free. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you may have to pay for your own home. It basically is like a waiting list type yeah. of deal. Okay. Kind of like when you're waiting to get upgraded for a flight. <laughs> but yeah, when we're waiting to get into that free housing, um, we have to stay in a whole nother district or zone. Mm-hmm. So we've had to rent apartments or rent homes off base in a lot of different cities that we moved to. And which means you go, you temporarily go into a school for like <laughs> three, four months. Or however long it takes so to get It's just hard to make friends. Dude. And then you end up making friends and then you gotta leave again. Yeah. By the time so you get started, I have a I have a leave. abandonment issues and all that. So school, when I look think of school, school was not a happy place for me. So I think that's where a lot of my imagination came from, because I had to escape to something that I could take with me everywhere. Gotcha. So I, yeah, brothers and sisters. How mm-hmm. many? It was four of us. Four. Yeah. Yeah, that's like me, man, with the four man. Hey, four is a beast. Four is a beast. It was four. Oh, you're four. Yeah. Because you're an only child. Yeah, I'm an only child, bro. You're an only child, but you have four. Yeah, four is. is, 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 (laughs) Yeah, but at least it was, for us, it was two boys, two girls. How did you, um, 
end up getting into comedy? Ooh, comedy came into the pl- the picture later. That was Def Comedy Jam. That that era. was that was your first time like oh, yeah. performing. Really, first time performing comedy. Yeah, yeah. Not not on the Def Jam show. Okay. But the the era of Def Comedy Jam is what inspired me to be a comedian. Okay. Because that's but then I you were on it. Yeah, I was. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, but I mean, you watched it first. While it was and happening, then you were yeah, on it. I, I I watched it from day one. Mm-hmm. I didn't get on until season five, I think. So who was the host at that time? Was it at Joe the Tour? time? It was. I got on the All Star season. So Martin Lawrence did, I think, the first two or three seasons. I okay. think three. Yeah, that sounded about right. Right, and then Joe Torre took over. Yeah. And no, Martin did the first two, then Joe Torre. Then it was Joe Torre, Ricky Harris, and Adele Givens alternating season mm-hmm. four. Season five was All-Stars. So everybody hosted one show. Chris Rock, Steve like Harvey, Dave right? Chappelle, yeah, Cedric yeah. Entertainer. Mm-hmm. On my show, Queen Latifah hosted my show, Okay, the live show. But so many people did bad on that show. That that show didn't air. So they edited me onto Jamie Foxx's show. Okay. When he was hosting. So it was a it was a weird play, but it all cut together well. Yeah. But yeah, I ended up on Jamie Foxx's show on TV. Dope. Dope. So how do you say, all right, I'm gonna go up and perform my act, but after I'm gonna also go be dancing too. Bob Sumner. He knew that? Or you Bob just, yeah, everybody you just knew that I was a rusted. dancer. Okay. No, no, he knew. And and Bob was instrumental in trying to help me brand myself across the board. So he even gave me a fat farm hoodie and like the, the gear, everything was fat farm at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yo, rock this hoodie and come out at the end. And after you do your set, after you kill it, come out at the end and dance with the dancers too. Cause I want them to know that you actually like, yeah, you're well rounded. I thought, like, I thought that was weird too. Cause I was like, hold on, ain't that the when he like performing and he dancing too? So yeah. that's that's the first time I saw you, mm-hmm. and I think you had dreads mm-hmm. at that time. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this dude is funny, but he also can dance too. Like I never really thought anything about it, cause you know I was I was a lot younger. But right. then as you fast forward time, I remember seeing you on your show. And then you doing something with like Chris Brown and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah, we like, did the Dum. Michael battle. And then like when I really started following you is when you did the uh, the David Blaine cousin. What, mm-hmm. What's his name? Devontae Blaine. Devontae Blaine. <laughs> Devontae Blaine. <laughs> when yeah. I saw that, that was I on said, short circuit. Man, this dude is hilarious. That's when I started following more. But yeah, I was and yeah, and that's when I started um, really getting off into characters and sketches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you always like impersonate people growing up? Pretty much. Um, did you ever like <clears throat> like piss off your dad or anything like that? Where he was like, Nah, but I would make my mom laugh all the time. Oh, okay. that's how I knew it was working. Yeah. Or I sounded like certain people. <laughs> you know, I, I would imitate Scarface voice or like we was always watching Benny Hill, so I would imitate somebody from the UK. <laughs> and I was a kid doing this yeah. you know what I mean I'm talking about like 7, 8 years old so my mom would be laughing and then my mom is from Trinidad too so at the shout time shout out to moms man yeah shout out to my dupes um, my mom's from Trinidad too so we would um, I would imitate the Trinidadian voice too 
right. and make them laugh at that. So I knew that whatever I was doing was was working. Let's let's fast forward mm. all the way to you and I meeting. Like I remember, like getting a DM from you. I was like, hold on, this <laughs> this looked like this says Atheon Crockett, but I'm like. <laughs> Dog, this is crazy. Like he was talking about, like he was like, let's let's do the spoof. Then mm-hmm. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, of course. But I was like, I want to do this parody, whatever. He was like, go ahead, fine. That's funny. Like do it. Right, right. So like I had no idea that you even knew who I was. You know what I mean? And that's crazy. Because <laughs> you actually have more followers, more views. Like you're you're one of those viral people. I never assumed though. Like, no, I, I, I get that because yeah. I always introduce myself to people. Yeah, that's like just when we out, and how my mom, I'll like say my name, and they're like, "I know who you are." I, say, I don't, I don't assume that you know who I am, bro. I didn't get. I remember one time, uh, I kind of did that where somebody was like, but somebody was like, "Hey, man, you look familiar, man." So I was like, "Yeah, you know, I used to play for the Bears," and they was like, "Nah, nah, that ain't it, nah." And I was like, "Oh, okay, you probably see me on Instagram." He was like, "Nah," Mm-mm. I was like. <laughs> I'm kind of like running out of things like Facebook. Like, he was like, no, nah, nah, like no social media. You just look like his cousin. Then he was like, Anthony Anderson. And then I was like, oh my gosh, man. Do you really get mistaken for Anthony Anderson? That time I did. (laughs) I was like, what? That's hilarious. Yeah, so ever since then, I'd just be like, People be like, man, you look familiar. And I'd be like, well, where where do you know? Like, I'm not about yeah, to Yeah, I don't volunteer over, nothing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, geez, let's Because they let's even ask sometimes, man, tell me some of the stuff you've been in. I know, your fa- I know I know your face. <laughs> you were using that one movie, man. Look, but if it's somebody old and black, I'm like, Soul Man. <laughs> you, you, you know me from Soul Man. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Hands down. Chester. Lester. Oh, Lester, I'm sorry. Lester, dog. Oh, my gosh. Lester. That joint is so fun. Tell everybody don't know about this story, uh, uh, Lester, how that came about, dog. Can you break down the story, dog? That's uh, Malcolm Lee. Malcolm Lee. Malcolm Lee. Um, if you don't know who that is, that's that's. I mean, Spike Lee's cousin, but he has his own thing. Like he did the Best Man and mm-hmm. you know Undercover Brother. That's when he started out, and then just started bubbling. Girl strip. So and, y'all had a relationship. Like, yeah, you, you I met him. Another situation where I'd never assume anything, right? I went to an audition for a commercial, mm. and he happened to be the director. Okay. So we get into the room, and I don't know if you ever auditioned for a commercial, um, but commercial auditions are some of the worst auditions you could ever go to. <laughs> it's some of the most pretentious people behind the desk, mm-hmm. the people that represent the product, the people that represent the ad agency, and the casting uh, directors, right? All of them are. <laughs> in every commercial audition you've ever been to. So I get into this audition. I'm, you know, I'm I'm going just because I gotta do it. I'm jumping through the hoops, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, let me just go do it. And Malcolm is, you know, he's around all and he's like, he said, Yo, man, I'm a big fan of you on on Wild and Out. He said, You be he said, you really be going in. Yeah. And but he was he was saying it cool, like, like right. he was opening the 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 door it wasn't to awkward. let me know. Yeah, exactly. He made it comfortable. And he was letting me know, like, nah, like, I want you to rock out. I want you to do what you do. That's why you're here. Mm. And so once I knew that he was a fan, I was like, oh, say less. Yeah. And so I ended up booking the commercial. And it was me, Royale, and two other um, actors that- Shout um, out to Royale. Yeah, shout out to Royale Watkins, my brother. Um, 
And me and Malcolm just started this banter on set that we just kept laughing in between takes, mm -hmm. just coming up with these voices and these characters. And we was imitating, because he's from New York, so we was imitating the, the extreme New York guy. <laughs> Yo, son. You know what I mean? Yo, Word son. up, knowledge, knowledge. Yeah, the, man, the jump, jump on the six. Word up. Get to the seven. You already you know, know. real he, deal. He scuffed up my Bread. brothers. Word Scuffed up my butter, son. No doubt, Yo, B. yo, yo. Fresh violence wow. painted. All yo, that. mad. Yo, mad scuffs on the Timbs, yo. Word scuff dilly, B. <laughs> so we was doing that voice the whole time. And that turned into, he, he called me after the gym. He said, yo, man, I'm going to throw you in this Martin Lawrence movie I got cooking up. Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was the beginning of when I started to get a few little offers mm -hmm. without having to audition and... And so he threw me in that. Um, I, no, no, no. I did audition for that. Now that I remember, I did audition, but I knew that I had an in. And he was just like, "Yeah, just come through, whatever." But the guy I auditioned for was his producing partner. So once he saw me, it was like, "Ah, right, yeah, just, let's just hire him." Yeah. And then after we did that, I mean, first of all, I can't, I can't skate by. Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins, because what that connected me to was Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. James Earl Jones, like I was surrounded by legends on that movie. Yeah, it's probably my first really big movie. Um, Monique, Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. Um, Mike Epps, Cedric, like it was the who's who, the who's who, Margaret Heavy Avery, hitters. like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And we had a dinner before we. Uh, Joy Bryant was in it. We had a whole dinner with the cast. I'm the puppy. I'm just the young buck. How and old so, were you at the time? In your twenties? No, that was that was like probably mid thirties because Roscoe Jenkins was like, I can, oh man, I'm I'm bad. Yeah, yeah, like probably years. mid ish thirties. Okay. And so I'm sitting at this dinner table, bro, with all these legends. And so Martin, because Martin is very particular about who's around him and okay. who's gonna be in the scenes with him and stuff. And my scenes was directly with Martin. Yeah. So he was like out of nowhere, you know, everybody's talking and just showing gratitude and and like people like Joy Bryant, the younger ones at the table, we were showing love to like the James Earl Jones. So it was a love fest, whatever. But yeah. again, because I'm the one who's the least known at the table, Martin looks at me, he was like, Hey yo, he said, Yo, what would Daquan say about this spread right here? <laughs> and my character was the same character that me and Malcolm was doing mm -hmm. on the set. And so I just started freestyling. It's like, yo, these these joints is wild, like mediocre right now. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of waiting for the waiter to bring out the real bang bang. You know what I mean, word up. And so I just started going off, and everybody started laughing, and he started laughing. Mm. And so from that goes to me and him in the scene together. Yeah. I made Martin break. Nice. Like a good break. Yeah. Like he, I'm saying, I'm in character. I'm going off. And I see him go like this. He go. <laughs> <laughs> and then he stops. And he was like. He said. He said. He said. All right. Keep, keep going. Keep going. And I started going. And he he broke a couple more times. Yeah. And so I found out later that his 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 team. Uh, rest in peace, Big Sean. Big Sean pulled me aside. He said, man. He said, we was kind of betting. He said, because we've seen younger actors or comedians get in scenes with Martin, yeah. and they get scared, they get shook. And we was betting that you was going to do the same thing. And, and, and he was like, yo, the way you, the way you showed up was kind of like, 
Iverson Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was like, nah, I'm here to play. <laughs> so it was that that Roscoe That's Jenkins dope. gave me that confidence to be able to stand on the on on the platform with straight up goats and be able to rock out. So by the time Soul Man comes along with Samuel L. Jackson. Right. And Bernie, Bernie V. Mac. Yeah, rest You know peace. what I'm saying? Yes. Icons, legends, kings, all so, of the So that prepared you for that moment. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. And that was a straight offer. Malcolm, once he saw what I did with, with Roscoe Jenkins, he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to call the, the yeah. studio and make them give you an offer. Yeah. Like, you got to you gotta play this character. Yeah. And the character was a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, so all of the elements just kind of fell into it. It was a bigger role. And, yeah, I mean, you saw the scenes. Like, yeah. I, I was... <laughs> I was fearless. You had that rap. Like it wasn't like they wrote it for you, right? Like you, it was written in paraphrased. Okay. But me being the proactive guy that I am, <laughs> every job I ever get, I figure out how I could jump ahead of the gun. Yeah. So what I did was I went and produced the the, the whole song. Like I said, they only had a verse in the in the script. Mm-hmm. I went and produced the whole song restructure the rap in a way that you know fit the cadence of what i was going to do with it yeah and so the everything you hear in the in the movie is i produced the beat and wrote the rap and i had already sent them the song before we even shot anything i sent malcolm and all the producers so while they were in pre-production down in shreveport Mm -hmm. the whole office and the whole set they already knew the song because i sent them the whole less of the court jester song man that's dope dog so I mean, so let's let's fast forward from you first working with Martin. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he could have chose anybody to be a host of his reunion show. And so did that happen again where he was like, I don't want nobody to do it but eighth? Yeah. Mar- again, he's very particular about who's around. Right. And who's going to steward his brand the right way. Mm-hmm. One thing he knows about me, he knows that I'm a fan. Like, he he came to my stand-up special taping. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He was in the crowd. So we have this mentorship uh, type of uh, relationship. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He, he's always a big homie to me. He's always checking in, making sure I'm good. And so we've had many conversations over the years. Um, side note, when we were on the set of Roscoe Jenkins, this is how dialed in Martin is. Mm-hmm. Big Sean, like I said, rest in peace. Big Sean was my my homie. Big Sean is the guy that played Nipsey on the Martin Show, the the bartender. Right. Yes. Yes. Um. He was this mad cool, and, and and he was like, "Yo, I heard you rap." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I had I gave him a mixtape at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. You know, on set lunch is about an hour, right? Yeah. Thirty minutes to an hour. Gave him a mixtape I was doing back then. After lunch, they're all playing basketball out by Martin's trailer. And I walked by and Martin was like, yo, you spitting like that? He said, yo, I heard my name in one of them raps. And I forgot <laughs> that I had said one of his, his, his name in one of the raps at the end of the tape. So they listened to my whole joint at lunch mm-hmm. and dissected every word of what I said in them raps. So from that point on, me and Martin just been rolling. So go back to the reunion thing. He already knows I'm a fan. He knows that I show him the utmost respect. So one thing he wasn't trying to have was somebody that was going to try to ask some type of, you know, dramatic question or some disrespectful mm-hmm. yeah. or some clickbait kind of a, a question. Yeah. He know I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. So when my name came up, I got a relationship a relationship with all of them. Yeah. 
Tisha, Tashina, like we all been cool for years. And so when my name came up collectively, they all was like, yes, mm -hmm. eighth, that's the guy, he's our friend, we want him to do it. Yeah. So what, what was that like? You know, just being on that set, like, cause I mean, it's an iconic set, dog. Like, we all grew up on Martin, dog, and that's that's like a dream, dog. Like, you in that same setting, like with everybody, mm -hmm. dog. That's that's dope, bro. And I don't know if anybody's ever asked you about that, but you no, know, they me. have. Uh, look, dream come true, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, imagine your favorite TV shows throughout history, and if you were able to visit the set of each one, like to be able to visit the set of the Jeffersons. Yeah. Or the In Living Color set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was on the Martin Living Room set, bro. That's crazy. With them. Yeah. It wasn't no tour where I was just going through taking photos. Like, I'm on the joint asking them questions about the show that with we a, all. With a mauve suit. Was it mauve? Mauve. Mauve? It wasn't, it wasn't pink. It was, it was, it was mauve? It was, it was mauve. How, how, how would Jay-Z say yeah, it? Was, it's mauve. <laughs> it's just mauve. <laughs> This ain't pink. I don't care what you think. It's mauve. <laughs> hey, I'm mad we never got to do a Jay-Z versus. Oh, man. That would have been such a home run. Dude, I oh. wouldn't have been ever to. It was nothing I would be able to do. It would be like a DJ Cassidy type moment, dog. Like, it, it would have been. I would have been The laughing. whole hour I'd just been I'd coasting. I'd have been laughing, dog. It would have been. First, I don't know who he. It, I guess he had to go up against Nas. Nas. I guess it'd been Nas. the only person, <clears throat> and uh, so I wouldn't have been no. I wouldn't have been worth a wood nickel, dog. That's I'd so be funny. Racking up, dog. <laughs> they keep sweating. Uh, DJ Cassidy was so hilarious. Oh man, people still Bobby be talking Brown. about that, dog. Drink <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> I miss verses, man. No, nah, that was a good time, I'm man. That was a good time, man. <laughs> like that was that was that was fun, man. What tickled like, me the most was every time the verses would start, immediately our names would be tagged. Yeah, the whole verse. Eighth and Spice about to do. Nah, that junkies be crazy. Like you looking at the comments and just seeing how many times you see Spice Adams and Atheon Crockett on there. Crazy, ridiculous, man. Yeah, we tapped in. We made a name. We made a day for ourselves. It's crazy, man. And like I like I said, like when I got the message from you, I was like, dang, like, yeah, like, let's do it. Then we talked and then I was like, all right, because I really didn't use Instagram live at the time. Then so I was like, ah, how this is going to work? Then they had the split screen now, finally. And then I'm like, man, how this is going to work? And then we just got on and just did what we naturally do and just just It was amazing it. to me because. You have the comedic instincts that a lot of comedians don't even have. Mm. The art of improv is really the art of listening. It ain't when you're trying to get your next joke off. It's the art of listening and furthering the story. Yeah. And you did it naturally. So when you when I saw you was doing it, I was like, oh, we about to have a blast. Because <laughs> it was chill. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like It was chill. I was like, oh, he know how to do it. Like, really do it. Mm. And so... We was able to take our moments, and when you wanted to act a fool, I just I fell back into the baby face. Like, all right, cool, you all right. I sip my tea, we sit there wait for you to be done, and then I I went with my, like it 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 the ebbs and the flows of it all just just worked. And <laughs> dog, it was crazy because I ended up talking to Teddy Riley, 
and of course, like he saw it and they thought it was funny, whatever, da da da. But then I actually met Babyface, Babyface yeah. and I was surprised to see that he actually saw it too. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, you you the one y'all was doing the Teddy Riley thing, you know? You just real cool." I don't think he probably ever yelled in his life. Nah, like he was just, "Yeah, I saw you, big fella. That was funny, man. That was." I sat next to Babyface on a plane one time. Guess what he did the whole flight? What did he do? Wrote songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even being funny. He literally, like, we spoke briefly because I didn't want to be that guy that was like, yeah. yo. And I was just like, man, big fan, da-da-da. And I gave him props on this particular song, and then and then I, I let him be. Mm-hmm. Even when the food came, he was like, nope. He had his laptop out, he headphones ready. on. He had his phone. I think he was writing his phone. But he had the music going on his on his laptop. And he was writing songs the entire four hour trip. Man. That's when I was just like, yo, you dudes. <laughs> y'all be making so many excuses. Dog. <laughs> Man, let's let's talk about like you work with I I don't know. Like, I think the question is who haven't you worked with? Like you Will work Smith. with You haven't worked with Will Smith? That's he's he's next for me. He he's on my wish list of I gotta work with Will. You've Smith. met him, but you just yeah, haven't yeah I know Will. With, I know yeah. him, met him, um, but we haven't worked together yet. Charlie Mack, man, what's what's the deal, dog? Make it happen. Oh no, we got something in the works. Well, a conversation that's that's about to happen, but um, oh, uh, is it like the Light Skin Coalition? No, no, like because not not. I mean, that's. We're talk we talk off. We need to really say we're talk what, off. That oh, goes man. without saying. The light skin part, <laughs> the light skin in shape part. You know right, I mean? Okay, okay. That, yeah, that you, takes me out. Yeah, you don't have to worry completely. about that part. Yeah, that takes me out completely. Okay. But no, um, I'm very intentional about my words. So I've always said who I wanted to work with, mm-hmm. and the top two was Will and Eddie, and I just did something. Um, with uh King Murphy. Nice. One of the greatest experiences. Like he's my you already know you seen yeah. the painting and yeah. like that's uh that's again one of those scenarios where I'm uh, Iverson. I'm just like, all right, mm-hmm. you are the goat. And I told him that I said, listen, you the goat. I showed him the painting on my wall. I said, yo, and he's very standoffish, very quiet. Yeah. But when he saw me get down and he broke too. First take, we were just rehearsing for camera. He broke. And I was like, mm. Got him. Hit him with the crossover. Bang, bang. I, I, basically, I got the validation from my hero. You know what yeah. I mean? My teacher. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, teacher broke? Oh, snap. We're going to have some fun. And he just kept giving me props. Every take, he was just fist bumping. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's like, that's the greatest, dog. That's the greatest. Yeah, man. Eddie's, Eddie's that's, a that's, goat. That's, that's a great feeling, dog. That's what's yeah. up. There's bro. always them, them conversations of who you think is the GOAT and who. There's who who no, on your Mount Rushmore? There's nobody that has come close to what Eddie has done. Mm-hmm. Financially, yes. Kevin Hart is killing the game, yeah. right? Hands down. Like, Kevin, that's my guy, and he's doing his thing. But when it comes to a talent level plus money, yeah, who's done it like Eddie? Even the ones we can name, they're fans of Eddie too. Correct. Martin Lawrence Correct. is a fan of Eddie. Like we all are fans of Eddie. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't have no problem saying like, nah, it, you know, there's always that conversation of, well, basketball player. Well, you if you're a basketball player or if you a rapper, you're supposed to say you the best. Yeah. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, your work speaks for itself. You don't. But even with that, sometimes you're just not the best. Sometimes you may not be able to surpass with somebody else. It ain't no other martial artist that's going to be as great as Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. They may be able to, you know, you will never know. We can't go back to 1972 and yeah. pit their skills up against Bruce. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, people rack their brain trying to be better than, like, just let him have his, his moment. Because yeah. when he was doing it, when Eddie was doing it, was in the early 80s, and he was a teenager making history. That's crazy. And has not stopped making history since then. So He's been on fire you, for a long time. When you measure that, plus his level of talent and all his classic movies, ain't nobody touching Eddie Murphy. But anyway, my Mount Rushmore is Eddie, um, Martin, Chris Rock, George Carlin, and the Wayans family. Yeah, you got to put them all. It's all one category. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're a brand. That they living are living color, man. They're a force. Is the the greatest. That was the greatest, man. They had a great run. I don't know how many seasons it was. Uh, five, I think five. Was. Needed to be more, man. It was, it was, a, it was a good time, man. I was yeah. just <clears throat> looking at, um, and this wasn't in Living Color, but Hollywood Shuffle mm -hmm. went the scene when uh, Jerry Curl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that joint is classic, man. Yeah, I grew they, up on all that. I grew up on. I can't, I went to the school of Eddie, Robert, Keenan. Mm -hmm. You know, Martin. I went yeah, to so I don't think like you really told me like how did you get to comedy? Like how did that happen? Like so basically, I was, was a dancer. It a dare? No, nah, I was a dancer, and at the time, you know, being in North Carolina, when there's not a lot of things to do like recreationally, like it's not mm -hmm. the the industry, especially at that time, the industry was not in North Carolina. It was all New York or all LA. Mm -hmm. So in trying to figure out how am I going to break into show business, we were doing our thing locally, opening up shows and performing. And, and as, a, as a dancer, I was doing that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As part of a, rap, a local rap group. But. Oh, you were in a rap group? Yeah. Rap and dance group. Okay. But when all of that, like the twins that was, I was dancing with. What was the name with, of? Twin Flex. Twin Flex? Twin Flex. Were y'all on um, Soul Train? No, we was on Apollo. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So okay. when the twins stopped dancing. It was three of y'all, right? Yeah. It was okay. me and some twins. So when they stopped dancing, it just kind of left me to try to figure out what my life was going to be. Because I didn't want to stop entertainment. And rap was too, the music business was too treacherous for me to, to think about trying to get into it. Mm. And I didn't have anyone that, like a manager, that really knew that world. So Along came Def Comedy Jam, which was very ex extremely hip hop. The dancers was on there. All the rappers would come by and be in the audience. The, I love comedy. But I you were always, just trying it out at the time. What do you mean? Like you were just trying it out because you got inspired by Def Comedy Jam, though, right? Yeah, but but when I tr I wasn't just trying it out just to be. Let me see. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, this is my way in. Okay, I knew. I said, I right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a backup dancer, not for the rest of my life. Like, and the the biggest I can get at that time was dancing for Michael or Janet. Mm -hmm. 
um, comedy was a little more tangible because there's comedy clubs in North Carolina. So I could yeah. figure it out in some kind of way. And Def Comedy Jam was blazing hot at the time. So I was like, man, if I could get on that and if I could do comedy and I thought about all the voices I was doing, making my mom laugh, I was like, oh. And I got I always shout my man out, Cool Bubba Ice. Cool Bubba yeah. Ice. He used to have the hats and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Cool Bubba Ice went on Def Comedy Jam. He did all impressions in his set. It was no like, no joke structure, no words. Mm-hmm. Mainly just the impressions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that gave me the confidence to say, oh, that. I didn't know that that was stand-up. Yeah. I didn't know that that qualified as stand-up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if that's what it is, let me put these voices to to work and see if that could, if I could make a set out of that. And sure enough a year later i was on deaf comedy jam how long was your set seven minutes seven minutes yeah that's the that's the choir the the requirement was you got to have a hot seven minutes and you got to be able to do it multiple times so you got to audition with that seven then you got to do another showcase with that seven but it you know they got to time it for tv so everybody had to have a a hot deaf jam seven so doing stand-up comedy seven of is is a course different from fifteen? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the what's the difference? Like, because seven minutes is a long time. Like, if you you know, like if you like, I've done seven minutes before, and it ain't no joke. Especially if you don't know how to deal with a crowd or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if the crowd, if you're doing it at like an auction or something like that, and people are like off talking somewhere. If a stage is right here and the audience is like way back there, it's like yeah, a yeah. different type of vibe. Of and you got to understand how to rock different crowds. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the difference? And I know, of course, the time is, but the difference in a seven minute set or in a fifteen minute one. I mean, the difference for TV. A seven minutes um, set is like it's very calculated and has to be very precise, mm-hmm. and you got to hit your marks. Yeah, you can't First really mess up. Be, start yeah. over, like you got to hit your marks, and you got to yeah. know what that rhythm is. Yeah, fifteen. That's just casting the net wider, you know. And you got to. I've been doing it since '94, right? Even though I took fifteen years off. I never really lost the muscle. Like so when I came back to it and I started getting into rhythm again, I was like, oh, I I, I remember what this is. But you gotta know how to read crowds. You gotta know how to read the room. Yeah. You gotta understand how to um how every crowd is not a comedy conducive crowd. An auction is a horrible place to try to do comedy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, you gotta know how to read the room. Yeah. Dude, we gotta we gotta go on tour. What's up with that? Are we People, people been asking. We gotta, we gotta rehearse. People been asking. We, we, haven't really talked about it. We gotta put something together. We, we haven't really talked about it. Unless we, you know, here's the thing. We haven't had our <laughs> versus interaction in a while, right? Yeah. So when you look mm-hmm. at a model like eighty five South, mm-hmm. these guys are used to being in the same room together. They started yeah. as a podcast, and they still have a, the podcast. But what I'm saying is they. They're accustomed to being in the room together and bouncing off of each other. Yeah. If we do a completely freestyle show, which we're highly capable of doing, we did it the whole yeah. two years of the two pandemic. Years, yeah. Um, we still have to have, you know, figure out what that looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and just have that banter. And it, it's really going to take, you know, how much planning do we want to put into it? Or do we just pick a, a couple small venues 
and just go on stage and just wing it. Everybody got to let us know. With the DJ. Let us know. Let no, us we're not, not going to put it on. They're not going to let us know. We got to figure that out between okay. us. Don't let us know. Yeah, don't let us know nothing. We, we're just going to feed you what we want to feed you. So how many, do you know how many movies you've been in? No. Is it in the 30s? It's got to be 40, <laughs> 50 movies, man. I don't think it's that many, but I got a lot of credits on IMDb. So I'm watching Curry Enthusiasm. Yeah. And then just out of the blue, I see you in that joint. I'm like, that is, what hasn't HBN? Like, what what you ain't been in, dog? I'm like, yeah, Season dog. Two, this dude, buddy. Everywhere and nowhere at the same time, dog. Yeah, man. Like, what what was that like? Uh, amazing. Um, Larry David. Did you work with JB Smooth in that? Nah, I was in season two. JB wasn't oh, on okay. it. Yet. Long time ago. Um, I was on season two, and you know, Larry is one of them genius uh, savants of mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. And to just to just watch his process, and then afterwards he walks up to me. He was like, "He said, was that funny? You think that was funny?'" <laughs> I said, "You made you created Seinfeld, dog." Right. <laughs> and you asking me? So now nah, it was it was great, man. Great. I I just I'm thankful for all the opportunities that I've had to work with all these goats of the mm-hmm. game. It just makes me the better comedian that I am today. Speaking of working with goats, how did you end up working with Dr. Dre? Cause that's that's when we first met, like face in to face. Person. Yeah, you came to pick me up, and you was like, "We are gonna go over Dre house." So I'm like, "Dre," I'm like, "I'm thinking that's like one of your homeboys, like not Doctor Dre." I'm like, "When I like we were driving, oh, you, didn't, you didn't even know." No, like you said, we gonna go over Dre house, and I was like, "Oh, okay, got a homeboy named Dre." That's like, funny. That, I thought you good. do. <laughs> I'm just like <clears throat> when we were driving. My ears kept popping because I'm like, dang, like we're we going high in the hill somewhere. And then like you see the houses that you riding by. I'm like, dog, where's we at, dog? Who is this dude? I Dre. I knew we was going to Dre. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said Dre, I was like, Yeah. We got a home. First day we Dre. met, I took him to Dr. Dre's crib. That is wild. Bananas. And I gotta put the disclaimer out there because I have other friends that have been asking me to go by there. <laughs> it's only cause he knew who Spice Adams was because as soon as I said the name, he just started laughing, he laugh emojis. So <laughs> the rest of y'all, if I say, yeah, yeah, I got Bobo with me, he's going to be like, man, if you don't stay your ass out of my goddamn house. <laughs> yeah, but Yo, yeah. That was crazy, man. I walked in, dog. He was like, this guy. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, that's that was, that was wild to me. Yeah, dog. so shout out to my brother Focus, man. Focus, Focus is one that recre- reconnected me and – um. And and Dre, I first met Dre though on the the commercial that me him and LeBron did. Oh, okay, for the uh, beats, beats by yeah. yeah. So we did that commercial, and Dre knocks on my trailer. Yeah, y'all were in like the weight room or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so he right, knocks right. on my trailer when I first get there, and he walks in saying, "My name is Lester, the court jester. Are your other rap niggas done messed up?" Wow, crazy. Wow. I'm like, Dr. Dre from NWA <laughs> is walking in my trailer yeah. rapping lyrics I wrote for a character that I played. Look, man, Crazy. I've lived a life. Yeah. I've lived a whole, whole no life. No question. But I do know Prince. I did know Prince. You, met, I you met, met Prince? Prince? See what I'm saying? Yo, listen, I had the, 
The Prince story I have is almost unbelievable. <laughs> Please. So look. Please share. Shout out to my, my brother Sky and my other brother uh, Byron. Shout out to Sky because y'all made this happen. Yeah. So they're, they're musicians, right? So they were working with an artist that Prince was working with. And we got invited to one of Prince's L.A. parties at his crib. Shout out also to his twins, the, the, the dancers, uh, Maya and Nandy. Mm -hmm. So they were, they were our people, right? Every time we would get an invite, sometimes we get to the door and the list would be funny. I ain't heard this story. The twins always made sure we got into the party, right? So shout mm -hmm. out to the twins. I get to the, the first time I get to a party, <clears throat> I'm in this joint. I feel way out of place. <laughs> I'm in a hoodie. It was wild and out days, right? I'm in a hoodie. Got my hat to the back. Cause you know, that was my, my thing on Wild Now. I always had a, a, a baseball cap on or whatever. Jeans, sneakers. So I'm in Prince's crib. Hmm. In his crib. In his crib. You you, you, you Khan's drove a car there. You drove your car there and like whipped valet. Up. Whipped up. Shaka Khan is performing in the living room with the with his band. It's different people just sprinkled around. Sheila E and da 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 da. Mm. Dog, I'm literally standing in the back of the room up against the wall because I'm trying to just, just see everything. Yeah, not trying to see everything. I'm just trying to be out of people's way. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just feel, I just feel like I'm I'm not worthy to be <laughs> in this place where you Shaka, got all these people here and me. Yeah, and Shaka Khan performing barefooted like the iconic Shaka Khan in Prince's house. The legendary prince. Mm. I'm standing up against the wall. And I'm just kind of looking around nervously. Out of the peripheral of my right eye, mm. I see purple. Just a blur of purple. Just a, a little figure, speck of purple. Some type of figure. And he walks up to me. He extends his hand. He says, I've seen you on TV. You're really good. And he shakes my hand. Mm -hmm. But shake like with a pound. Like he shake it and like... You know what I mean? And then he, you know, he did that little Prince walk off. <laughs> he had on his heels, everything, right? The boots. I'm bugging out. Because the thing, when I, when oh, he's. Oh, what, what, what did he say to you again? How did, how did he say I've it? I've seen you on TV. You're really good. And I said, dude, you know who you are, man? Thank you. You, you know who you are, bro? Oh. And he kind of giggled and walked off, right? <laughs> And that was my interaction with Prince. Cut to a couple months later, he's doing a residency at the Roosevelt in Hollywood. Mm. Unorthodox. It's a, it's a hotel. So it's it, for him to be there, it's just like he's a true musician. He just picks these these venues and yeah. he just goes and plays. So I remember this night. He was walking. He, he had just finished performing. Everybody is in this joint. It's packed. <laughs> He's wearing all white. And the white is glowing. <laughs> Wherever he moved with the his entourage. It was, it was an aura. Every, it, aura and everybody knew. And everybody was trying to be in his way. Yeah. So he walking, me, Sky, and Byron, my homies, we're standing there and we're, we're just chopping up with the twins. We're all just kicking it. He's walking by. We see the whole crowd just kind of moving. He's walking by and then he stops. He sees us. He sees me through the crowd. He parts the crowd. 
and walks over to me, shakes my hand again. Mm. He says, thanks for coming. Let me know if you guys need anything. And then he... <laughs> Prince knew me. So I'm going to just say this. I'm going to look in all the cameras. Prince knew who I was. So any of you influencers, all you people who think y'all the shit, that always be trying to front on me, I don't care, okay? I don't care what you think of me because Prince was talk a fan talk. of mine. Talk so, your talk. And I have, I have receipts. I have witnesses. They were there. Talk your talk. They seen it. Not a lot of people can have a story like that. That is crazy. Turns out he was a big fan of Wildin' Out because of Cat Williams. So he knew exactly who I was. It wasn't just fluff. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Prince well, what was it like working with Cat? Dope. Yeah. Them early Wildin' Out years, man, was like the X-Men. Like It was classics, man. It was like you got all these geniuses from different. And I know it, when you cut the, the edit together, it may look like some pre people are maybe have an edge or funnier Everybody on Wild and Out, first two, three seasons was sn comedy snipers. Mm -hmm. Like legit. We had some great times on, on set, man. But yeah, Cat Cat is a G, man. We we all had our own flavor, our own vibe, and um, you know, and we're we're all still here doing our mm -hmm. thing. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, thanks, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Let me take your shoes off. In the crib.